I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey guys, welcome to the Manchester City Football Social. Thanks for listening. And don't forget, if you're listening to the first time, make sure you hit that subscribe button. We're going to be talking about Manchester City all night, about the Spurs game, about the FA Cup. I've been just joined as well by Ant McGinley and Alex Hill. Are you right, guys? Yeah, very well. Yeah, lovely podcast. This is fun. weird, though, that you're here now and then you're not going to be here. Oh, yeah, in Alex a is about to be late <laughs> in two minutes from now. But anyway, we'll see you on the other side. Manchester City Football Social with Blue Moon Rising. Hello there, guys. It's my name is Stephen McInerney. I'm here with Ant McGinley, and Alex is not quite. He's lost a lot of weight, hasn't yeah. he? <laughs> He's stuck in traffic on the Mancuni way. We can all relate to that. But anyway, this is the Manchester Football Social with Bloom and Rising. We're here for an hour of Manchester City talk. It sounds like absolute heaven. We've got loads to go through today. So if you want to call in about absolutely anything, oh three four five treble one seven six two five. You can text in as well on eight double seven double one because it's 2019. You can get involved on Twitter as well. MCR. Footy Social is our at on Twitter, MCR40Social. If you want to talk about anything to do with Manchester City, get in contact with the show. And are you okay, mate? Yeah, I'm good. I was just going to say, if you've also got any updates on the traffic on the Mancunian way, you know, Alex <laughs> not, is listening, that'd be quite good. Alex is probably listening to us now. Alex, get in now. We need you. We need your croaky voice. <laughs> you know those things when you sometimes speak to the radio? Alex can actually do that now. But anyway, we've got loads to talk about because the games are coming thick and fast at the moment. There's football coming out of everyone's ears at the moment. We've got games uh, just all the time and obviously Manchester City are about to play Tottenham uh, tonight in the Champions League quarterfinals we're going to be talking about that but first we're going to talk about uh, the FA Cup because Manchester City Football Club are through to yet another cup final that's what we do these days isn't it yeah although I have to admit like, do you remember the last time we were in an FA Cup final against the team beginning I with W? I not to talk about it. That's a, <laughs> a little bit nervous about oh, that. I've not even made the connection yet about that, the W yeah, thing. Yeah. Oh, no. Exactly. Oh, no. We're yeah. going there, aren't we? But anyway, this one uh, was obviously secured by a 1-0 victory against Brighton. It wasn't a classic. I think we can all uh, probably agree on that. And maybe some other moments kind of overshadowed yeah, I, the I game. Think, I think if you watch the first five minutes and the last two minutes, it was a good game. Um, that little burst from uh, Sterling at the end when they both they were turn one and these little legs in those, those socks. I've never seen them move so fast the, <laughs> the right socks. But uh, apart from that, and, and there was nothing positive that really stood out for me from the game. There was a few bits of argy-bargy. 
but there was indeed. Uh, we'll go on to Carl in a bit, actually. I'll tell you, let's, let's just talk about the, the positives first in terms of we actually are in another Hurricane Cup final. Obviously, as well, Pep said before, and they said after, in general, it's not easy to steamroll every single team. And you've got to give Brian a bit of credit as well. They were up for the battle. Uh, they genuinely put in a lot of effort. Uh, and City, once again, have found a way to win a game that's important to them. And is there an argument to suggest as well that this kind of game, um, this kind of performance, uh, where you don't always do that well, it tends to motivate you more for the next game which is obviously tonight could it be an actual blessing in disguise I, th- I think maybe that it's a game with pressure because I, I think losing a final is one thing but losing the game before the final that's that that's the because you, you at least get the runners-up medal if you make it all the way to the final so I think there's probably more pressure on you in in the semi-final in many ways it's interesting and, <laughs> um, and, uh, well you can always say well yeah, we, yeah. We, we got to the final and I, th- I think as well I think it must be starting to creep through at some point because it's very difficult for us as City fans to not talk about the FA Cup in isolation because yeah. it's it's now part of something else and it's this weird thing where we could win the FA Cup we've already won the, won the Carabao Cup uh, and we could win the league, and yet we could still feel unsatisfied at the end of the season, depending on what happens in the other competition. Yeah, it's weird how far we come on that front, isn't it? In terms of like how we could have such a great season, still feel not like fully whole there. But I'm just genuinely delighted that we're there now, because obviously we can put the, uh, the FA Cup to bed now until after the season. It's just really nice, you know, yeah. that we don't have to think about that. And that, to me, will really help us in the Premier League and the Champions League kind of quest, so to speak, because it's one less trophy to worry about. <laughs> yeah, from well, Lyon, I'm looking, really at the nice. fi- looking at the fixture list, it doesn't help us that much. <laughs> no, it really doesn't at all. Uh, in general, talking about FA Cup, uh, we can't really go too far without talking about the uh, ticket prices because they're absolutely oh, Alex is here by the way Alex hello, is... hello Alex oh, yay wearing... did, did you oh, abandon oh, yeah. the car with the hazards on though? I know yeah <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry for my lateness oh um, it's okay mate well, it's Manchester for you I know that is Manchester but I would have been later if it wasn't for the uh, excess Manchester traffic and travel updates <laughs> get me here quicker and also Alex is wearing the most wonderful uh, shirt as well I wish you could see it but it's fantastic I really like the shirt Alex well done cheers man I thought I'd dress up for the magic of radio it's brilliant we were just talking about the FA Cup ticket prices. Well, I was just about to mention him. I'm not sure if you guys have seen him yet, but they've been announced uh, that are typically scandalous. The cheapest ticket is 45, then it's 70, then it's 115, and then 145 pounds. They are the ticket prices for the FA Cup final. And given what, uh, obviously, the legendary Ina was on the radio yesterday, uh, slating the FA quite a lot, and given all the, the, the talk at the moment around the money in the game and how people are expected to pay for the nose, does, does this feel like yet another slap in the face? A slap on the face, I think, is exactly the right word, isn't it? It sort of reminds me, the way the FA treat football fans in this country. You know when your favourite bands go, oh, we're going to do, do a homecoming show. It's, it's one's for the fans. And you go, oh, it's going to be awesome. And you look at the tickets and they're a million quid. You're like, this, is gonna be, yeah. this isn't for the fans. This is for your accountant. That's who it's for. <laughs> I mean, it, it, is, is it all down to the FA or is it yes. just... Because so, so, Well, OK, because I was thinking because when, when you go... Because I've been to watch the NFL at Wembley went um, last year and... That was a similar price for it, but at least that way, that's you're getting three or four hours worth of. And the games are so much less frequent. Like you play about eighteen games a season over in the NFL, and we play like up to 50, yeah. 60 games a year. And also, the NFL is everything we don't want this competition to be in terms of like if they're looking to America for the influence, we're screwed. We're genuinely screwed because it's a different sport, it's a different world. It's sanitized, it's corporate, it's commercial. And it's, that would be the death of the beautiful game for me if it went anywhere near that. Is there an argument much. to say that they're charging more because we are a club with a lot of money? 
because no. because I'd just like to point out if the FA are listening well, now, Sheikh Mansour's bank account has no relation to mine <laughs> whatsoever. <laughs> to, I say to be fair to them, and this is an awful way to, to rephrase it, but they, it's actually the same uh, tickets as prices last year. They froze the prices, which is very kind of them to freeze it at such an exorbitant rate. But yeah, it is the same prices. Uh, it it just feels a bit I don't know a bit gross, doesn't it? Well, I suppose that it comes down to as well, like, how do you choose as well? Like, if, if, because I'm, I'm de- guessing, like, I, I certainly couldn't afford to go to, like, everything this month because I, I did a quick sort of back of a fag packet calculation and to go to all the games that this month was about 700 quid before you put in travel oh. and stuff. Wow. Um, so when when you start to look at things like that and you go, right, well, I'll tell you what, I can, I can get to all the games, a couple of away games, and I can get to one final this season, right? So do you go to... Do you, do you miss the semi-final, which has been a lot of criticism for? And then do you go, well, I've, I've done the Carabao Cup, so I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to go to another one. Like, how do you, you know, as a fan, you want to be at every game. You want, yeah, you want to be there. Of course you do. And that, that thing is, I think, I think I want to say this. I, like, I'm, I'm seriously considering boycotting the FA Cup final because I think, wow. and, I, and it isn't just the ticket price; it's everything else that goes around it. It's the half, the half five time. So there's, uh, there's no trains that come back to the northwest. Uh, the appropriate That's time, uh, unless you unless you gamble, there's a nine o'clock train, so you assume that the game isn't going to go to extra time and penalties, and then you can't enjoy the game because you can't watch the trophy presentation because you think, well, I've got to rush to get the tube to get back my train back to Houston or whatever. Um, so there's all that going on. It's when you, every pub outside the ground wants to charge you, you know, five six pound for a pint, and then it's the whole experience of it. It's just you feel like you're being ripped off. I don't begrudge the FA trying to pay off their stadium. I don't begrudge. Um, the pub's trying to make a few quid on the beer. I totally understand why. I understand that we live in a, in a country where people can set their own prices and there's market forces to play. But what, what I object to is this sort of weird narrative that has been built. And the people who have built that are they're professional journalists, they are multimillionaire ex-footballers, people with the idea <laughs> yeah. of this empty seats brigade. We're all match-going fans. We all know that Manchester City have empty seats home and away. We've all seen it at certain games. We've also seen Liverpool, Manchester United, Arsenal... Chelsea, Tottenham, yeah. all on empty seats. Barcelona, Real Madrid. Barcelona, Real Madrid. If that proves your point to you, people, you can go as a tourist to the new camp and see a I game. I did the research the in the world. because research <laughs> helps win arguments. Essentially, I did the research and they they average about seventy k seats and their hundred k stadium uh, per game, and they've been as low as forty k this season. Uh, but no one really says anything because it's Barcelona. But at you know, Barcelona like, as well, you can literally walk down the Ramblers and they've got little ticket offices, and you can just as long as it's not like a, against Real Madrid, yeah. you can just literally on the day go up and buy a ticket in an official thing and walk into the ground. I feel like in general people have just got uh, the letting football rivalry getting ahead of important matters that affect all of us as fans in general but like we're getting very much down the ticket thing here. Alex you've just walked in obviously it'd be great to hear your opinions on the game at the weekend because obviously we're through to another cup final. We are through to another cup final uh, I, th- I thought it, it's um, it's a real shame that like, this whole weird ticket thing is, is overtaken that. Yeah you know, it shouldn't we, we, should we, it really. It's a <laughs> because I suppose we wouldn't be having this conversation if we only, only have one one trip to Wembley this season and the fact that we're going back <laughs> and you keep you, you keep well, being yeah. reminded and it's exciting I thought um, what I I think was is sort of put on the table is I only thought we were at 6 or 7 out of 10 throughout yeah. the whole game I don't even think um, no discredit to Brighton but they didn't push us they didn't force us and it wasn't the exhausting game um, that I think tonight will be I think um, it just sort of shows how we're levelling up that even at a canter we can get to cup finals um, and it's a great time to be a blue 
you hinted it before, Anna, about the uh, the Walker thing. Now, obviously, that's kind of split opinion. I'm quite old school, really. I thought the Walker thing wasn't a sending off. A lot of people are probably laughing now hearing that, but I kind of thought it was just, you know, is is you basically context. Uh, Walker, right? He's um for one, he's playing at Wembley, so that adds to the atmosphere. Yeah, Two, football. he's a, a really kind of passionate. You know, it's a passionate footballer. Uh, the blood's pumping, the adrenaline's racing, the testosterone's all over the place. They've got a massive game against Spurs, his former club, coming up a few days later, and obviously at the moment, City are fighting on all fronts. To me, I think the referee looked at that and thought, these are two players who are nickeling at each other here. He stamped on his leg, he's head-butted them. The VAR have seen it and thought, they're just annoyed at each other. They'll calm down, it's yellow. Yeah. Well, the thing was, it, w- it wasn't a stamp in the true sense, because I think there was oh, a bit of a... He knew what he was doing. Well, he knew what he was doing. There, there, there was, you could sometimes see it in slow-mo. You see the little thought pop in there and think, he's having this. The, that didn't happen. There wasn't enough time <laughs> for that to happen in this. But Walker's not seen because he's got his back to him. And obviously thought... I've got this, and that's my problem with it because I think what Walker's done, and obviously he's pumped up, he's retaliated effectively. He's got up and he's got in the guy's face. Now, I, I said this on Sunday with, with, with Alex on the show. Like, if you did that at work or down the pub, you know, that's, you know, there's, something's going to go off if, if that happens. Like, you know, and, and you off the premises that work and something else if you're in the pub when you do that. But I think the way the game's going, I think it, it, we're moving towards a stage where. Although there's been this big debate about, well, it was the contact and he didn't move his head forward and that kind of thing. I think it's going to get to the stage where almost it's going to be, there has to be like a six inch gap between you at all times. Otherwise, <laughs> it's a penalty. Point. No, I can, I can see that happening. Uh, to me, um, I think in general, obviously with the work thing, is like if we were that riled up at work, you're not in the right job for one. <laughs> put it out there because you shouldn't be that angry at work in general. But I don't know. I like to give him the. I think the referee in general did the right thing. I think footballers, it's so so much at stake, and we forget how much footballers actually yeah. do care. We think because they're, they're um, uh, because they're millionaires and whatever, and because they've got the dream job, like they, they, they just be able to switch off emotion. And like, I actually met my best mate by getting into a fight in football, you know, because I was <laughs> that was a five aside thing. Like, and we just kicked it off afterwards. Like, sorry about that. And then we just came mates, you know, kind of eventually. But the point is, it happens to all of us. And why would it be any different footballers? But it doesn't necessarily mean. It, to me, it's like if an orange card existed, that would be because right. Because if you think about what a red card means, it means you're off for the game, and it means you're off for the next two or three games sure. of suspension. It wasn't that bad to warrant that. So that's why I think the referee probably decided. I, I, I do sit sort of halfway on this one because I think if I was a Brighton fan, I would still be complaining about it now. That it was <laughs> red. I think as a City fan, you don't want it to be a red card. Um, I think we sort of look at it through those. But I, I love the passion. I love the passion of it. I, I, I want. I want my players to care as much as Walker does, but I, I just worry that in the Champions League... Oh, yeah, definitely. He's, he's going to be walking. I'm not going to deny yeah. that. I'm not going to deny that. And he's very lucky, obviously. But, um, you know, luck plays a big part in football. And how, how important this is now, Alex, to, uh, to... Essentially, is it really... Is it a massively good thing that we can put this game to side now until after the season? The FA Cup final, we'd have to think about the FA Cup now for another, like, five, six weeks, potentially. Yeah, I think it's um, it's, it's great to have the locker because it's I've looked forward to. I think and it's just that whole culture of it now is that we're winning games. It's such a cliche word nowadays, but the momentum of it, you know, final big celebrations on the coach on the way back to take that mentality going into the next game you know and it means we can now shift our focus to the champions were you concerned about the performance at all because it wasn't a great performance was it really if we're being honest and I, like I said before it was 6 or 7 out of 10 but it feels like we're gear- it feels like we're gearing up rather than gearing mm. down you know it feels like we're accelerating I, I, I like how it's going and I think I, I would pref- weirdly I prefer a 1-0 and a 7 out of 10 performance than it's a 4-0 but we exhaust ourselves and we look uh, yeah. a shell of what we're capable of tonight. Um, dare I say tonight is a bigger game than the Brighton game, I think. Um, um, I'm more nervous about the Palace game as a City fan, but I'm looking forward to that. But 
I would say, at least with the Champions League, we've got another chance in the second leg. So individually, I probably would go for the FA Cup there. But I can see where you, where you come from. That I think to the board members and you know to Mansour, not they want the Champions League more than the FA Cup, don't they? So, so here's something else talking about sort of narratives and the size of games. I've sort of, it feels like the conversation is so um, it's so driven around the quadruple. That's what everyone talks about. That if we won the treble this year, yeah. I really, really think it would be branded as a failure. Yeah, that people <laughs> would moan about it. And would, go, oh, what, what, we won the, the Champions then, League. We only won the treble. Would know? that be without the FA Cup then, or without? I think treble, whatever. Domestic I think, treble. I, yeah. Interestingly, as well, did you see what uh, Pep said in the the press conference this week? He says, you know, why? Oh, yeah, it, well, why now is the Community Shield not counted as a trophy? Now I don't know if he was having a dig at uh, Mourinho. Obviously, he famously counted that as one because he says, surely we should be talking about the the quintuple. <laughs> I can see uh, producer Niall's face recoiling in horror. We, we had an argument yesterday off air about that. And I essentially said, but why not? Well, I, I, under- I actually kind of agree because we don't count it. None of us English fans count the Community Shield as a thing. Whereas in Spain or Germany, they count these kind of equivalent trophies as actually being important. I, I, I want to go for it all. Let's go for a couple. <laughs> Let's go. League Cup, FA Cup, Champions League, Premier League, Manchester Reserves, Open Shield, <laughs> the under-16s. We'll take them all. Like, you know, the Stockport, Sunday afternoon, five aside. We'll take them. Trivia question. The only team to not manage to sit out of Cup competition this season? Gone, anyone? You're confused, look at me. Yeah, very. Check a day trophy. We had a team in that Sunderland. Oh, yes, it did. Sunderland, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so essentially, yeah. <laughs> I see some fists flying around the studio there. But yeah, that's uh, the only team that knocked us out. That We could have concluded that, couldn't we, as well, if we'd won that, I imagine. But obviously we didn't get to check a Che trophy. But in general, um, I- I'm really happy about the FA Cup. In general, though, do you feel like it's got the same uh, prestige anymore? Because... It feels like maybe it's because we've got like uh, bigger fish to fry in terms of the title race is really, really intense. And obviously no. the Champions League, what we want. I, I, I actually also personally enjoy the League Cup more these days. I know that sounds sacrilegious, but I think I love the fact that it's mid-season and you get that boost in February and you get to see some young players involved. It feels like more fun to me. Uh, it's just a personal take on it, but you know. I, I think with the, the League Cup, it seems to still be, you get these occasional moments of, of, a, of an upset in it, but it's still very much the bigger teams that come through. With the FA Cup, it, you still have that whole cliche of the magic of the cup, and you do genuinely feel that you know, like there's going to be something, and Elton John's going to be there on the day, <laughs> and it's just like anything can, and, and that anything what, can happen. Elton yeah. John's going to be there. <laughs> yeah. Well, I tell you what, the thing is, you watch you watch the the day after us, the semi final between Wolves and Watford. What a game that was! And yeah, and, and and so, I'd rather a game like that than the game we had against Brighton. Obviously, I'd prefer we were on the right side of it. Having said that, the Carabao Cup final was a really good game. You know, the Chelsea-Manchester City one, I know it went to penalties in the end, but that was a fantastic game. But anyway, guys, we're going to be back in a, uh, in a bit after a break, but don't forget, head over to Manchester 40 Social, our Twitter page, because we're compiling a worst ever City and United 11. We're getting votes in positions. I think, what's up at the moment? Is it right back? So yeah. basically, go and vote for the worst ever Manchester right back and help compile this dreadful 11. It'll give you nightmares. Anyway, we'll be back talking about the Spurs game after the break. See you in a bit. Manchester City Football Social. Subscribe to the podcast now and never miss a show. Manchester City Football Social with Blue Moon Rising. Hello, welcome back to the Manchester Football Social with Blue Moon Rising. We are talking all things City. My name's Alex Hilton. I'm here in the studio with Stephen McInerney and Ant McGinley. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, 0345 111 7625 or 8771 on the text 
at MCR Footy Social. Just noticing on the uh, traffic and travel, they didn't mention Mancunian Way. Maybe you were the problem. <laughs> <laughs> There's a Ford Fiesta Park blocking everybody. I do apologise. <laughs> Guys, uh, it's a big game tonight. Again, another massive game. We've got Spurs in the Champions League quarterfinals. You know why I'm nervous? Because what happened this time last year, we had uh, another English team in the quarterfinals. The narrative then was all about a stadium, Anfield, and the narrative tonight is all about uh, another stadium, yeah. uh, the Tottenham Hotspur Spurs Stadium. Have, so. have, we, have we had any bus news? Because that's what we were <laughs> yeah. this time last, last year, weren't we? I can't imagine a, a rude awakening from the Spurs fans on that front. Can anyone really imagine? Oh, yeah. is, it, is it actually going to be an issue, this stadium thing, in your opinion? Um, I think certainly for Spurs, I, th- I think, you know, Harry Kane and Deli Ali, I'm sure, will be sort of getting that sort of rose-tinted uh, White Hart Lane vision. I think it's it's an exciting thing for any club, isn't it, a new ground, yeah. and it will mean an awful lot. But also, the effect that it will have on Spurs, I think if we score first, I, yes. Spurs, I, I, I hate to say it, but they, they've got that potential to bottle in them. And I think they'll <laughs> panic if they're rattled and they're a big new stadium. They won't want to embarrass themselves and the pressure's on them more than it's on us. How did you feel when the when the draw came out? Because last year, at, at, when, we, when we got Liverpool, it was the one team I feared getting in the draw last year. Yeah. This year, I wasn't... I didn't feel frightened about any team that were potentially coming out. Well, for me, I I, I did a video on my YouTube channel and I ranked through the teams and these are the ones that I wanted second out of the draw out of the eight, of te- you know, the seven other teams. Like it was Porto first, then Spurs. And then after that, I didn't want Ajax after that because I presumed Ajax would just be more of a kind of unknown in general. Largely, we, we win games against Spurs. We just tend to these days. We want to last free, you know, against them uh, and quite comfortably, really, if we're being honest. Uh, and Spurs, they're obviously a very good team, but you've got to also bear in mind that during this draw, their, their form was terrible. You know, like I'm going to look at the fixtures recently. Obviously, they won the first game at the new stadium, the shiny new stadium, 2-0 against Crystal Palace. Before that, though, they lost to Liverpool 2-1. They lost to Southampton 2-1. They did beat Dortmund, I'll give you that. But then they drew it against Arsenal 1-0, lost to Chelsea, lost to Burnley. Uh, so in general, their form is really hit and miss at the moment. So it's really strange that we're going to Champions League game tonight. And I don't feel that nervous. Um, I think it's because we've got two games to get mm. uh, ahead of a team, which I think we are without a doubt better than. And I think we've got a bit of a confidence at the moment. And I also don't really fear this stadium because I feel it is. How can you fear something that no one really knows yet, if that makes sense? Like Spurs fans are uncomfortable though, yeah. They'll be looking around at this shiny new thing and they'll be excited, but I don't think they'll be able to create a hostile atmosphere because hostility comes from like history somewhere and it comes from familiarity. Uh, and at the moment, it'll all be choreographed. choreographed I can't even say that word tonight. I'm too tired. <laughs> they can't say, they, like, I feel like it's, yeah, expecting too much for it to be an actual impact. If anything, it could make Spurs more nervous because they've got to perform in front of their own fans. Well, they did have that poster going around. I don't know if you saw that early in the year. It was the only place to watch Champions League football in London this season. Oy. And this potentially could be the only game they get uh, of the Champions League <laughs> at the stadium this year. I, I think you've uh, you've hit the nail on the head there, Steve. Because when you at a new ground, it must be strange. Because I think with uh, the Etihad now, I've sat in the same seat for years and years and years and years. And you build a relationship with people whose name you don't even know. People who just sort of sit two or three seats away and you go, oh, that, that's the guy that always moans about that and that's the person who did that. And uh, I remember when we beat this team yeah, yeah. and that happened. And like 93-20, you know, I can see the people the people jumping up around me mm. and you're hugging and kissing. And those moments, and you feel much more confident making noise and atmosphere with people that you've been familiar with for a decade. Yeah. And I think for White Hart Lane, the people who've never met people sat next to and sort of 
and yeah, that I, awkward I, atmosphere. That is so important as well because if you think about it, like th- no matter how long you've b- you've been a City fan, there have been changes. You know, first and foremost, you're going to have gone through manager changes and squad changes. But then we've had a couple of badge changes. You know, uh, if you go back, you were at Main Road before the Etihad, all that. And actually, the thing that stays constant is the people around you. Yeah, it's the people that you go to the pub to watch the games yeah. with, the people you watch at home with, or the people that you stand next to, and so they're not going to necessarily have that. I don't, I don't know if they've necessarily because I know they kind of built it on the footprint of the old stadium, haven't yeah. they? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know if they've kind of done something that that arranges that. But everybody's raving about this place, like it's the Starship Enterprise. It does look beautiful, <laughs> Starship Enterprise. That'd be interesting, wouldn't it? Maybe they could beam up some good results because their form has been really bad recently. Oh, what a zinger that was. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Pochettino, <laughs> Pochettino basically has been saying uh, in the press conference before that this could be the biggest game of his uh, career as a coach, which I guess... <laughs> Once again, levels really, I guess. In general, um, Guardiola has been here. He's done it a million times. Um, but are we underestimating Spurs here a little bit? You know, like because I feel personally like I am, and I feel like I'm probably getting a bit carried away because they're still Spurs. You know, they have got Eriksson, they got Son, one of the best players in the league this mm. year. They got Deli Ali, they got Harry Kane. I know the midfield maybe is a bit light, but this is a team that um, that we sh- we sh- probably should. Um, take, I'm sure Guardiola takes them a lot more seriously than I do. Put it that way. Um, but are we underestimating them a little bit? Uh, I think they've got to be respected, don't they? Harry Kane has scored 17 goals in 17 Champions League games. That's a phenomenal record for any striker. We, we forget that they're like you say there were three or four elite footballers that um, Spurs are going to put out I think they've got um, you know they've been underestimated in pretty much every round so far they did beat Dortmund very convincingly they've beaten Real Madrid you know they've taken some of the best teams in Europe on and if we're going to call ourselves one of the best teams in Europe you've got to look at what other teams have um, how they've underestimated this Champions League has been full of shocks who saw Ajax get into the quarterfinals um, Manchester City we're a club that have been favourites you know uh, for most of the games we've been knocked out again we were favourites against Monaco dare I say we were favourites against Liverpool last year you know yeah. and, we, we yeah, talk- and even go back we were favourites against Celtic and that didn't go too well either precisely you know and we have never ever ever beaten English opposition in a European competition that terrifies me I hate omens and that's a big one you know. <laughs> one man who could change that uh Sergio Aguero. Now, apparently, he's fit. He's been training with the first team. Uh, he was training on the, the gorgeous new pitch yesterday at the stadium. Um, is it a bit of a risk to start him at the moment? You know, because I wouldn't. I, I'm too scared what he could mean if he gets an injury. But I do expect him to be on the bench. But is it seems too much to me. I think that the the plus point is exactly what you just said. It's a gorgeous new pitch. It's not like the yeah. last time we went down to London to oh, play Spurs. Terrible, wasn't when it? We played them the day after the NFL. And that was like, literally, you know, like when you used to play down the field the day after the tractor had cut the grass. It was basically <laughs> like that. Um, Throwing so, clumps of grass at each other. <laughs> I love those bits. That was good fun. Uh, but yeah, so I, so I think if, if, he, if he's going to get through a game without a problem, I think it's going to be there. I, I think... The interesting thing for me about that is, is Pochettino's describing that as his most important match. And we're in this month of, as, as you said earlier, Alex, about the, the quadruple and everything being focused on that. Everyone's talking about it as like, we've got to win every game. Can they win every game? And actually, when it comes down to it, we could get through uh, this with two draws, you know, if the results yeah. go our right way. So, so there is a little bit of... You know, we've we've got a chance to take it easy. I'm not saying we should take it easy, but if things go wrong tonight, we do have a chance to address it and, and put it right. 
Which yeah. is obviously, uh, which is obviously a, a huge factor. That's why I'm, I guess maybe that's why I'm not too nervous because I do just trust us to sort it. Although, although it we didn't do that last year. <laughs> yeah, start bringing up Liverpool. <laughs> it terrifies me still. Don't Stuck say that word. Thinking about it. Uh, onto the left back problem because obviously we'll know the team is by the way in like twelve minutes. We reckon he goes a bit early on Champions League night, so uh, obviously keep listening because we'll have the team news and we'll react to that as it happens. But um, one big question mark, obviously at the moment, is left back because obviously you know um, Mendy's just come back. He was okay at the weekend of four in general. Uh, Zinchenko's currently out injured. Who can we see starting tonight uh, at left back? I can. I think it could be Laporte personally. Um, it could be it could be a range of people Guardiola you never really really yeah know, well really. I mean Delph is still out isn't he so there's yeah. no chance of him coming back in which would be the other go-to who would go for that yeah I think um, I mean there's a range of options to go for um, a Laporte would be a really really interesting one um, I think the only question mark I would have is that Spurs have an awful lot of pace uh, out wide and I wouldn't uh, back Laporte in a foot race if he was coming up against say Ericsson or Danny Rose or um you know there, there is that but then also I think you look at uh, Ben Mendy I thought he was great at the weekend great. I thought bearing in mind he's a player who's played about 10 minutes of football in and he's been up years. till half three every yeah. night dancing yeah. on tables <laughs> um, look up your daughters Ben Mendy's about but you know what <laughs> it, Ben Mendy is sort of turned into a much more polite Balotelli sort of figure at Manchester City and I think a polite Balotelli um, you know, I, I, I get behind I, that. It's like, does that mean he asks permission before setting the fireworks off in your bathroom? Well, I, I think he sort of does because whereas Balotelli, there was a sort of almost love-hate relationship with Mancini. He was like a naughty schoolboy. I think Ben Mendy's like a sort of a very cute Labrador that wheezes on your carpet. You can't, <laughs> you can't stay mad at little cute Ben Mendy. Do you know what I mean? Because he's just well, so I'd, much I'd, fun. I'd love to see you stay calm if he came around and peed on your carpet. <laughs> oh, <laughs> whatever you're into, again. that I'm not going to judge you for that kind of stuff. Whatever you know, floats your boat and all that. Do you I think he's actually going to get his form back though because my worry I'm an eternal pessimist because I'm a lifelong Manchester City fan so that is always the angle I choose pessimism sadly but I, I'm worried that it's just a lot of injuries and he's, I remember when he played his first game for City he looked absolutely lightning quick um, and I know he's not obviously maybe fully uh, testing himself but you do wonder if like two years of injuries are going to take the toll on his physicality because that was a big part of his, his ability I mean we, we have a history of, of players and I suppose lots of clubs have yeah. players come in with big fanfare and then having a big injury um, so I'm thinking do you remember Bozhinov you know, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. and and he came. He looked great enough. It was it two games, three games, and he broke his leg, and then again, sh- and, again, and, again and again and again, and and and, and that was it. And uh, similarly across across the road, down Dublin, going to United, and and Alan Smith both broke their legs very early on as well. So, uh, not that I'm shedding a tear for those, but uh, it, it it does happen. But then at the same time, look at the squad that we've got and the players that we've got. Yeah, like De Bruyne has had what three knee. Injuries since he's joined us. Oh, it's, yeah. Either way, Aguero's had a couple of surgeries as well. Oh, well with things company is, is is like RoboCop now. The way he, <laughs> he's been through everything. So I, I'm not I'm not ruling it out, but you can understand as well that if you've been through that surgery or that operation or that injury, the coming back, you're a little tentative when you get back there, and it takes you a while to get into it. And you see a lot of times, and it happened with De Bruyne early in the season, you bring people back too soon. Yeah. Would you start him tonight then, or not? 
Yes. Yes. Alex? I would start him. I would start him. But I, I do think uh, with Mendy and the injuries and the, the recurring issues, uh, I'm not a physio. I don't work behind the club. Uh, <laughs> I don't see behind the scenes that there are how things go on. <laughs> Thank God but the for difference that. between <laughs> Mendy and Zinchenko is that all we've seen out of Zinchenko for the last three days is videos in the gym. Uh, and sort of, he's very, very quick, uh, keen to a lot of photos going out of him. Look how hard I'm working. Look what I'm doing here. I'm trying yeah. to get fit again. I want to play. Can't wait for the next match. Can't wait to get behind the boys. With Ben Mendy, it, we don't get that. And there's lots of him running up another touchline in, in all the latest mm. fashion. And there's lots of him <laughs> going off to these places and exploring the world. And I do wonder a little bit if how much of those recurring injuries and that time it is taking to get back fit how much of that is on the shoulders of Ben Mendy and as much as he obviously loves being a footballer how much he actually loves doing the football well I think even if you go back to the, the all or nothing documentary of last season when you look at that Zinchenko <laughs> was, was just there and he was just kind of like going you kind of felt like he'd kind of like won the lottery a little bit to be there and he was just like I'm really lucky to be here but he was trying his damnedest to be there and, and make the most of it whereas Mendy was off going to Super Bowls and all these different yeah. things and doing the social media which he's, he's got in trouble for so I think in terms of the, the characteristics I think Zinchenko personality wise is more the type of football that the Guardiola yeah. wants it's just a shame he's not fit isn't it like one person though we can definitely not question the focus of is Kevin De Bruyne you know it looks to me like his legs are catching up with his head now you know finally he's getting back to his form he was fantastic uh, the other night uh, against uh, the game before Brighton I've forgotten my mind's gone blank uh, when he got the assist and scored the goal Cardiff yeah. uh, he was fantastic then um, in general uh, he's been quite uh, loud as well in the press conference incidentally I go back to the stadium thing briefly he did say beforehand it's classic De Bruyne this is always blunt which I quite enjoy in his press conferences he said I don't care about the stadium I care about the team we play everybody talks about the stadium like it's something special everybody has a stadium everybody has supporters which is classic Kevin De Bruyne there and do you know what he's got a point but I'll be actually seeing the best of De Bruyne now and how important can he be because he's got generally pretty good record against Spurs he scored a few goals against them uh, he's the kind of guy who scores a, a big goal on a big Champions League night can he be the difference tonight? I, I think it, it doesn't really matter who he's playing against it just depends on how fit he is and where his head's at because I think what we saw in the semi-final on Saturday with that ball in it was I'll have to watch it again to be sure but it was getting to that stage where I, th I think was it Chelsea last season when they came up to the Etihad he just put on this performance where I swear to God the whole game he didn't look every time he played a pass and he just has this ability yeah. and and we were talking about this earlier off air Steve you know is that his brain or is that just how well he fits into the system because he knows if he puts balls in these areas the players are going to be there or moving into them I think the system fits him really in general I think he's that intelligent that Guardiola gives him um, a licence to do what he wants I remember reading an interview uh, about him and apparently when he's coach when he was training when he was younger he said uh, he reminded him of Cruyff because Cruyff uh, like Kev apparently uh, most players see the like 10-20 metres around him you reckon that De Bruyne can see 67 metres around him and almost like see the pitch top down he's an absolutely special player and I think tonight uh, he could be absolutely crucial because uh, this is, I think it's going to be a tight game than we realise I think De Bruyne has obviously got a bit of magic in his boots he's got uh, an ability to kind of pull nothing out of the hat but fingers crossed um, he's at his very best tonight but anyway we'll be back uh, after a little break in a bit we're going to be talking about the team news fingers crossed by the time we're back uh, he should be we should know the 11 and hopefully there's not too many surprises in there want it a nice strong team but anyway guys we'll be back after the break uh, with more of the Bloom Horizon show Manchester City Football Social. Subscribe to the podcast now and never miss a show. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? 
and some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Manchester City Football Social with Blue Moon Rising. Thanks for joining us, the Manchester City Football Social with Blue Moon Rising. I'm Ant McGinley, alongside me, Alex Hilton and Steve McInerney. If you want to get in touch with us, you can do so very easily. Yeah, give us a text, 87711. Get in touch on Twitter, at MCR Footy Social. Or give us a ring, 0345 7625. Don't be scared, there's still time to join in. We'd love to hear from you. Guys, guess what? Team, the team news oh, has actually yes. happened. Right. Do you know what? There's a few surprises here, and um, it's made us look like right mugs based on what we've been saying. Uh, we've got Edison in goal, so no surprises Shocker. there. Walker, Laporte, Otamendi, and the big drum roll for left back. Have a guess. The invisible man, Fabian Delph. Yeah, Fabian Delph wow. is left back. Where's wow. there? Then we've got Fernandinho, Gundogan, Silva, no De Bruyne in midfield. Gundogan and Silva, the creative roles there, Silva being the captain. No Bernardo. Uh, we've got Bernardo's not even in the squad from what I can tell which Whoa. is absolutely terrifying uh, then we've got Mares, Sterling and Sergio Aguero get start where do, where do we start with that team it's absolutely wild and not what I was expecting and how big is that for Mares and Delph two players uh, out from the cold there initial reactions guys yeah it's massive well I, I, like I said this, this is a game where we do have a comeback if it all goes wrong and uh, we've got a big couple of games ahead of us as well so I think you can't look at this game in pure isolation I do I do really like Delph he gets a bit enthusiastic sometimes with some of his tackles <laughs> uh, but I think it, although otherwise he's honest and I think he's been brilliant as as a left back I think he's, he's played far more games at left back than he's played in, in his because he's, he's a more like a defensive midfielder centre midfielder yeah. isn't he traditionally um, so I've been very pleased with him especially last season um, I think he'll do alright for us tonight 
he's got to have to really, isn't he? Because Pep will absolutely <laughs> frostle him if he doesn't. So <laughs> not, he's got no choice. That he's got to do. I love Fabian Delph. I, I genuinely think he's uh, like one of the most important players in the squad because he can play in a midfield, play left back. I think we will forget last year Fabian Delph was the best left back in England. Yeah, well, fact. Yeah, I think actually, he's a player that would um, he would die to be on that pitch tonight, Fabian Delph, and he absolutely works his socks off. He's a great player having your team. He gives it a bit of bite, and t- tonight it could be a famous one. And it's players like him on the pitch to make a difference. Well, there's no Mendy on the bench, so I guess uh, I guess that answers one of the problems anyway. I guess Mendy is for whatever reason. I hope it's not like a relapse or a bit of swelling or something like that, but he's not involved. Uh, so in terms of our defensive options on the bench, we've got Company uh, and John Stones um, essentially there. They've got De Bruyne, Sane, Gabriel Jesus and Phil Foden. No Bernardo Silva. That is genuinely terrifying. Where is Bernardo? <laughs> Pep's right hand man this season in terms of reliability. Yeah. But then again, like I say, like I'm just looking at the fixtures ahead. So we've got we've got Palace coming up on Sunday, and then like that that's He's the, not in the squad though. But you've got you've got two games against Spurs, which are crucial. One in the league, the second leg of this game, and then it's the derby, and all those games are very important. So to give Bernardo a couple of days, I, I can see that, and also it gives a wonderful opportunity for Mares here. You know, Mares. You know, he's, he's still managed to rack up 11 goals for us this season, but still generally the feeling is he hasn't delivered. And I think he's still, am I right? He's still our record signing? Yeah. Yeah, and it's so this is an opportunity for him to do it and he's in Champions League again so yeah it's a really big night for Morris and obviously he has the quality there um, there's, there's more changes than I've suspected I'm not going to lie the banana thing I'm generally baffled by it must be an injury it must be a doubt because he'd be on the bench ahead of Phil Foden because he's so versatile and because of his seniority um, the do, Aguero do think, thing do you think, I think I'm not sure yeah, um, I, don't, I don't doubt that banana is more senior than Phil Foden and he's better but, but more that it's an injury I think I wouldn't put it past Pep that Pep's always got the thing that no one's undroppable no one's more important in the team and I think that he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't fear giving anyone a rest and um oh, he wouldn't rest him now though would he? Well do you remember the quote from uh, the documentary which I can't say now he's like when he said you're tired bleep you and that's what he said so apparently he doesn't really do tired at this time of the season I think he'd be on the bench if Aguero was involved in this game a man who's only trained one training session surely Bernardo would be on the bench. But, but which game are you rest him for? Uh, well I think to put him on the bench does not play him because he's not gonna get uh, I don't know. To me, it seems it must be. It just has to be. I'm going to do that thing where you search around and see if there's actually any kind of news on that. Uh, Aguero, though, are we? Is this a good call? We're we taking a bit of a risk here, given you know that he's obviously you know, just got back to full oh, fitness. But the thing is, like he, he's just been on fire. The, this sort of post Christmas, he's been. He, he had a bit of a wobble, a bit of an injury, and uh, I, I think people got upset last week because of the two games, and people made him the double captain in fantasy football, and uh, then he got dropped, so they were a little bit worried about that. But no, I think I, I think Aguero will do very well tonight again, and uh, you know I, I, I was so pleased that Gabriel got the goal and, and the cup as well, so he's not a bad backup to have on the bench for him. Um, yeah, I think, you know, Sergio will do what Sergio does, doesn't he? And I'm sure he'll probably only play 60 minutes uh, before he's introduced. My my big worry, and I wouldn't have started him uh, for the reason being that he's got a yellow card. Um, he's got the um, one booking and he's barred, I guess, Champions League banned for one game. Um, I would rather have him definitely available and fit and fine for the second leg at home, yep. which I think is where this tie will be won and lost. Um and also then, if he does get the suspension in that game, it's the first leg of the semi-final rather oh, okay. than the second leg. Is that how it works? I didn't realise that. Um, oh, it's the next jump. Oh, yeah, don't, sorry. Don't, yeah. don't they do a, a wiping stage in, in this? I think they've passed that stage now, I reckon. My yeah. expertise doesn't go beyond the qu- yeah, okay. quarterfinals. I'm <laughs> Manchester City fan, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Mendy's also on a yellow as well. Um, I mean, a lot of people are saying on Twitter that maybe we should have... Um, 
had company at centre back and then maybe Laporte at left back given the fact he's played there this season against uh, Salah the Liverpool game was really good there I can slightly see that point of view um, I'm slightly overreacting here and worrying about this team because you know we still are a better team than Spurs I've not even seen Spurs lineup yet they've and, only just released it I've got it right here um, go on, go on. so interesting from Spurs they've gone 4-2-3-1 uh, Hugo Lloris starts in goal and he wears the armband uh, Kieran Trippier Toby Alderweireld Jan Vertonghen Danny Rose as a back four um, Sissoko Harry Winks starts for Spurs okay. uh, what a night for him and then there's three uh, Ericsson at Delhi and Son behind Harry Kane so a pretty attacking lineup. that uh, big night for Harry Winks I think I know he's been playing a lot of football for Spurs lately but um, that'll be one of the biggest games that he's played in I'm sure and I think I, I, I like I like that lineup. I really fancy David Silva and Ilkay Gundogan to give Sissoko and Harry Winks a really hard night. And do you know what? Riyad Mahrez likes to turn a player inside out. Big fan of Kieran Trippier, but one on one, I think oh, he's Mahrez is bad breakfast. as well. Though, yeah, he I really think he's is. Got a mistake in him. I think I, I, I sort of quite like the idea of Mahrez getting some out of him tonight. I'd hope so because um, we always we all know that Mahrez has the ability, but. I think it's fair to say from any City fans perspective we're surprised he's starting tonight. I think that's fair because he's, he's I'm not saying he's been ostracised but his form Guardiola does he's a fair manager if you're the best player in the position you can play you and at the moment obviously it's been Bernardo uh, keeping Sane out of the team. No Sane as well which is mm. interesting you know Mares is left headed. Would you be worried now um, if you were Leroy Sane because you know you think you'd be next in line given you've got like 15 goals and have however many assists so far this season that you think you'd be the one to play with Sterling uh, as well at wide when Bernardo's not I, in the squad at all I don't know because like, there was that that moment at the start of the season where he was out for quite a few games and there was a lot of talk and obviously I think he was having a baby at the time and yeah. things were unsettled at home for him And um, but he, he, he was so good when he came in and, and maybe as well it's just like he's still like what? how old is he 21? Oh yes, for that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he, he, he's still a relatively young player, and maybe he's just kind of like pacing him through the season. Uh, I, I, I wouldn't worry, and I think I've been disappointed with Mares, but I really want to see him to do well. I'm, I'm fully behind him tonight. Um, I'm not putting any money on him, but <laughs> in other ways, I'm fully behind him. He's got to step up tonight, essentially, because. Yeah. Um, I hate it, this side of it, but this, this, it happens with every team. There's always one guy who's going to get a bit more stick, um, especially given the fact he missed a penalty this season in a big game. So people in general aren't really keen on Mars at the moment, but this could be his night for a redemption, really. I guess, uh, you know, sometimes you need a big moment. And in the Champions League, I know there was a second leg, but this game could go a long way to decide how far we go in this competition. Like... Yeah. It's huge for him. And if he scores the winner tonight, guess, or at least gets an away goal, that could be absolutely critical, couldn't it, in the second leg? So. Certainly, because I, th- I think it's a, um, redemption is a really interesting word because there's this weird uh, atmosphere around Mahrez at the minute. Because, uh, although I feel very uh, conflicted because we're very spoiled as City fans. Uh, and Mahrez would get into, would start for every team outside the top four in the Premier League. I believe that. And I include uh, United and Chelsea in that, I think, at the minute. Um, we forget how good a player Mahrez is. He's got 11 goals this year and yet City fans moan about him. Yeah. He's a little bit um, frustrating to watch at times. There's a little bit of uh, the Hazus Navas syndrome uh, that creeps in a little with him. But he's, he's you know, that's a, a lovely problem to have when a luxury player like Riyad Mahrez is perhaps the weak link in the squad. That said, he's a £60 million footballer and um, a similar price that we play for Kevin De Bruyne. Think of the amazing things that De Bruyne has achieved in the Premier League alone and everything else on top of that. You do need Mahrez to start paying off his price tag and those sorts of players have to have a big moment in their history. If Mahrez scored a winner tonight or there was a wonderful cross that, that created a goal and we talked about that Mahrez cross from Spurs away in the Champions League, it would give him his moment to go, look, it, but I am an elite footballer, this is what I do. I'm being devil's advocate here. 
is the danger that he's already had that moment. His big moment and his big season was with Leicester. Oh, yeah. But in terms of in Manchester City folklore, um, you know, and, oh, 100%, uh, he won the Premier League for a season. He, he doesn't have any critics to answer uh, in what he's capable of. But in, then he was a £500,000 footballer True. that had come out the French second division and had no one to impress. If you, He was going to pick his own price tag, but if you move for £60 million, I want to see some results. I here's, want to see some £60 million worth of football. Here's a little stat for you. Um, Fabian Delft starting off. We've already talked about what we think about that. He's only started two games in 2019, Burton and Swansea. So I think it's fair to say, given his injuries at the moment, this is a big ask for him. It's a big step up because... Uh, I think he's annoyed Pep, didn't he? With like you know his sendings off and whatever, and in general, kind of he's been quite rash. But uh, I want to know, like, is is Fabian Delph of last season that form? Was it kind of an anomaly? Anomaly in general? Is this like mean reversion? So he's gone back to where he should be? No, I uh, think it's just that Zinchenko stepped up. I think that's what it is. I think Zinchenko has just got a lot better, and I think that that's the position that he's in. Um, we've not got much time left, so before we go, I just want to mention the fact that obviously we've got the derby on the twenty fourth. And uh, we're running a thing on the at MCR Footy Social Twitter page at the minute where uh, we took in some votes for the worst ever combined City United 11 um, ahead of the derby. Uh, the voting is open for right backs at the moment. Uh, so if you want to get on Twitter and have a look at that, it's at MCR Footy Social. Have you had a look at these and, and I, I did you two pen a thin? Um, well, it's got to be Gary Neville, surely. It's got to be <laughs> Gary Neville. Uh, and quickly, just before we go as well, predictions for the score tonight? <sighs> You know, oh. you know what? I'd be happy with 1-1. One, one. Yeah, I'm going to go score draw, but I'm going to go for an exciting 1-2-2. Two, two. I'm going to be bold. I'm going to say Mahrez is going to score a goal. I'm saying it's going to be a 2-1 victory to Manchester City Football Club. That will do me. I think Mahrez was going to score one of the goals in, in the... <laughs> yeah. maybe, maybe he'll score two. He'll score, he'll score one for us and one for them. Well, uh, that's it for us now. You can download this as a podcast as well. All you've got to go is uh, look for Manchester City Football Social wherever you get your podcast. So it just leaves it for me to say uh, thank you to Steve McInerney. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you very much to Alex Hilton. Oh, it's been a pleasure. Uh, I'm Ant McGinley. We're off to watch the football somewhere nearby. Come and join us if you fancy it. Manchester City Football Social. Subscribe to the podcast now and never miss a show. Thanks for listening to the Manchester Football Social. This is the Manchester City Social. If you want to subscribe to this one in particular, search Manchester City Social, uh, Football Social on your podcast provider. There's also a red half if you're that way inclined. Manchester United Football Social. Don't forget as well, the Manchester Football Social covers both sides of the town. Anyway, my name is Stephen McInerney and thank you very much. Thank you. Alex, thank you very much. He's off mic. Thank you very much. There we go. (laughs) And we will see you next week. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 